0: The sermon I may read to you this afternoon is from Reverend Jay Bronches from our sister church in Cape Town, South Africa. The text this afternoon will be Lord's Day 1 and in relation to that we will read 2 Corinthians 1, verse 1 to 11. Let's read that together. The Word of God. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in the whole of Achaia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. The text is what we as church confess in Lord's Day 1. The sermon mainly focuses on question and answer 1, but we will read both questions and answers this afternoon. Lord's Day One, what is your only comfort in life and death? That I am not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Saviour, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with His precious blood, and has set me free from all the power of the devil. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my Heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. What do you need to know in order to live and die in the joy of this comfort? First, how great my sins and misery are. Second, how I am delivered from all my sins and misery. Third, how I am to be thankful to God for such deliverance. After the sermon, we will sing as our amen song, hymn 48, verse 2, 3 and 4. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, every human that has ever lived needs comfort. I need comfort, you need comfort. We all seek comfort. Why? Because life is not perfect, it's broken, it's full of sin and evil. It is uncomfortable. And that is why we need comfort in the face of life and death. At the start of a new year, have you thought about where you will go for your comfort? Will you go to mum and dad? Your husband or your wife? Will you go to your brother or your sister? Maybe your minister or your elder? Will you seek comfort in your job? Or maybe you will run to your addictions or your desires for comfort? From the day we are born and we stub our big toe on our first walk to the day we near our death and stand next to the grave site of our spouse and every year in between humanity seeks comfort that is why the first question of lord's day one is so profound it cuts straight to the heart of it all what is your only comfort in life and death ask someone what that this week and see what they say Some may answer, my only comfort's my family. I couldn't go on if my family was taken from me. Someone else who may have lost much may be honest with you and say my comfort is drinking or drugs. Someone else may say my comfort is in my work or in the holidays that I take. We all have those places that we go for comfort, whether it's the arms of mum and dad or when we're young, our family, our work or holidays, or even in the love of another but none of these comforts last. Mothers pass on. Earthly families are not forever. Your work will probably not have any lasting impact on the stage of history. And drugs and alcohol last but a moment. Where do we go? What do we do? The world's solution is to offer you all kinds of painkillers that will help you escape reality rather than face it. They'll serve up their movies, their video games, their TV shows... Their Facebooks and Instagrams and TikToks just to give you a moment of reprieve from reality. Just for a while you don't have to face reality, you can disappear into that other world, the one of virtual reality, where you can pretend to be someone else. They want you to let reality be, ignore everything else. Many of you may even remember the song by the Beatles, Let It Be. The lyrics of part of that song is as follows. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be. Whisper words of wisdom, let it be. Let it be. This is a common answer the world gives to the frustration, the pain, the brokenness and sadness we see around us. Our Australian version would be something like, she'll be right, or no worries, or why bother? When you stop and think it through, you see it's superficial and shallow. To turn your back on reality so that we don't have to answer life's deepest questions, all it's doing is avoiding the need to confront a holy God. What does it all mean if we end up losing everything anyway? Think about it this way. Satan knows that if he is going to allow us to see reality as it really is, there is a chance that we will realize we need something outside of this world to come to our aid. That someone is Jesus Christ, the answer to all of life, the key to to facing reality from cradle to grave. Here is a comfort that we can never lose, that will stand with us even if the world crashes around us. What is your only comfort? jesus christ that's it that's all that is everything everything the only thing nothing and no one can give comfort like he nothing has meaning without him everything is beautiful with him i would rather have nothing in jesus than be emperor of the world and have all the world's riches gold and be loved by everyone but be without jesus this coming year face the music of real sin real pain real sorrow real hurt to face these things we can't just let it be we need to make it about christ only christ can give us comfort in the face of reality only christ can make us face this year head on week by week only with christ can we face the injustice the sin around us and in ourselves and still find comfort so where do you go when you need peace and comfort go to him In body and soul in life and death he will be your only comfort the source of our comfort will be the focus of this afternoon's sermon and will be summarized with this theme in jesus christ the god of all comfort is yours forever and we'll see three points bought with his blood preserved by his father and assured by his spirit so we'll first focus on bought with his blood A Christian is one who has been bought at the slave market of unrighteousness. It is not that you and I were forced into slavery. It is that we chose to sell ourselves into slavery so that we could be our own masters. But our plan backfired spectacularly. And rather than being our own masters, we started to be controlled by ourselves, by our passions and lusts. Like a bunch of wild animals, we followed our basic instincts and became enslaved to them, following the base principles of the world. We were under the power of the one who let us down the hellhole, Satan. We were slaves, with no hope of escape, unable to do what God has made us for. We are, as the Bible says, without hope in the world. You take away someone's hope, you have taken away their future. You may wonder why people turn into beggars when there is the option to work. It is not first of all because they are lazy, it is because they have no more hope hopelessness kills motivation without christ there is no hope and therefore the gospel gives us hope it makes life possible without the gospel we are like the beggar on the street corner with nothing to offer we are hopeless without christ or ask someone struggling with the very real feelings of depression it is not that they are lazy and want to stay in bed all day it is often because they have lost their sense of hope hope that is what we need to live again and that is what jesus christ gave not a wishy-washy hope but a steadfast unmoving undoubting hope that there is a future and it's better than the past there was a price over our head we were wanted criminals for what we had done everywhere the writing was on the wall wanted dead or alive But Jesus walks in and says, I will ransom him. I will pay the immense debt that he must pay. I will pay his bail with my blood, my life for his. Why would infinitely precious blood be poured out for you, for me? Because he wants you to live again. He wants to love you. He wants you to live for what you were made to live, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Yes, us. For you, my dear child, who was broken by your sin, for you, my, be- my beloved brother, who is shattered by the shipwrecks of life. For you, my beloved sister, who struggles to see the light of day. For you, for me, he died and thus broke our chains, freed us and made us his property. He did not come for those who have it all together. He came for those that need to be put back together. With Christ and the helpers sent by the Father, it's possible. Or will you just let it be? What is your only comfort? That I am not my own, but belong with body and soul to my faithful Saviour, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the power of the devil. You are owned by Jesus. Body and soul he bought you. Yes, your body is as precious to him as your soul. Your body and soul were hanging out with, in Satan's kingdom, doing his will. But then comes Colossians 1, verse 13, where we read, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. So you are in Christ's kingdom now. You are his servant. You belong to the army of light. Onward, Christian soldier, for the Lord your God is with you. And this is my comfort, that I am free forever. My life is valuable beyond price not because of what I have done, but because of what he has done. I am his. He has put the son's robes on me. He has embraced me and placed a crown on my head and called me a new son and daughter. He has given me his spirit. That which I was unable to do when I was a slave, I can do now. So, in the face of sin, in the face of temptation, let Christ be your comfort. Rest in his freedom and say, no, I am free, Satan. You hear that? Free. I don't have to obey you anymore. I am starting to not even desire that filth that you call good. You lie anyway and you call good evil and evil good. So I will not fall for what the world or you or my nature says is good or good for me. Christ has shown me on the cross that he alone is good for me. All you want me to do is for me to die. But he gives me life. I am his forever. And this brings us to our second point, preserved by his Father. Jesus Christ protects you in such a way that without the will of my heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Everything must indeed work towards my salvation. Note the intimate language. This is not someone else's father, but my Father. And not someone else's head, but not a hair will fall from your head. All things must work together to serve for our salvation. Oh, to believe it, to have this absolute faith. Lord, come to help our unbelief. Can you do that in the year of our Lord, 2024, to not worry about anything? From losing your hair, to losing your health, to losing your home. That everything is in his hands and is being worked towards your good. Dear child of God, he knows you intimately. He hears your heart cry right now. Your worries and concerns about what 2024 will bring or not bring. Your anxieties, your frustrations, your doubts, your fears, all of it. He knows it. He knows your sin, your pride. He knows your joys and the things that make you happy. And he loves you. If you believe in the son who bought you, he loves you very much. We often stand amazed at God's protection in great events, like Luther standing up against the whole Catholic Church. But what is more amazing to me is that God preserves us in our everyday life. He knows the hairs that came out this morning while you were combing your hair. Not only knows it, but it was his will. Do you see God in your life? Maybe it's easier for the older ones among us as they look back. For us young people... It may be harder, as we are concerned about the future. Maybe to help us, we should all wake up 15 minutes earlier tomorrow, grab a coffee, sit outside and look at the birds of the air and read Matthew 6, verse 25 to 34. And let's read that together. Therefore, I tell you, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Remember how precious you are to him. He gave his son for you. How will he not give you all things that you need for body and soul? As you sip that coffee, just rest in the fact that you cannot control your life. God is God. It's a silly thing to forget, but when life seems to be going well and everything is running like a well-oiled machine, it is easy to think that we are in control. And sometimes God gives us a hard moment so that we might go to our knees and confess that we are not God, that God is. And in Jesus, God is your Father. And he is infinitely stronger than every dad that ever lived put together. He is almighty. I doubt someone could snatch an infant away from an earthly father very easily, but it is impossible when someone belongs to the heavenly father. Your father says, I will protect you. That does not mean that life will be easy. It does not mean that there will be no trouble. It does not mean you will not struggle. In fact, if you are mine, expect persecution and hardship, because they will make you strong. And know that in them I am loving you and shaping you, everything that has happened to you my child was my will me god the one who loves you more than you ever could dare believe nothing absolutely nothing in your life O child of mine will not be turned to good all the power of the universe are directed to bring you home because the universe was created through the one who died for you so face each day of 2024 with that comfort as your foundation Go forward and remind yourself every day, I am not my own, I belong to Christ. Oh, how this should change our lives and give us an unshakable confidence to live this life of freedom in him. And yet, yet we doubt, yet we forget these promises, we lose focus. And that brings us to our third point, assured by his spirit. He knows our hearts would never reach out for him. That is why he has reached for us by sending his spirit. Jesus left us not alone. He has sent his spirit. Therefore, by his spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. The Holy Spirit, God himself, comes to dwell in us to give us assurance. Assurance is a great blessing of the gospel, but so hard for us to hold on to. There are those who have battled well against unbelief throughout the previous year and are hungry to be with God's people each Sunday again to be assured in their faith. I pray this word assurance is still meaningful for you. There are also those saints who come to church much more bruised and beaten up, weary and entirely unsure of their standing before God. This word is for you too. You are like the smouldering wick Christian where the flames of assurance has gone out. But the smoke that still rises is evidence of Christ's gentle breath of love upon you, keeping that ever so small ember of faith alive. Even if you were honest with your pastor or elder today, subjectively you may feel lost. To the man who stoops low, not even lifting his eyes up to heaven, burdened under the weight of doubt, God's word is perfect reviving the soul and rejoicing the heart psalm 19 verse 7 and 8 of course there are also those people who come with too much assurance people who assume they are entirely safe and stand secure before god but when their lives are brought before the light of god's word it becomes evident that they ought not to have any assurance at all to the man who stands tall in false assurance God's word is the hammer that breaks the rock in pieces, Jeremiah 23. Please note here, it is the Spirit that gives insurance. Don't give yourself false assurance. Pray for the assurance that is divine, the assurance to eternal life. That is what the Spirit does. He assures you of eternal life. Dare you believe that you will live forever? I fear sometimes we are not living like forever is going to happen. We are more excited for the next sports match, the beach, the weekend, the next TV episode, the next social event, than eternity with God on the new heaven and the new earth. To be sure, the beach should get us excited for eternity with God. The beauty of this earth and the wonder of peace and rest you may feel is only the smallest taste of eternal life. But I tell you that it will be far better than the best earthly holiday you will ever have. And this one will be forever. Maybe many of us didn't want to come back from holidaying this past week, but we had to. This is one we will never come back from, because the new paradise will be our home. So let's live every day as the beginning of forever. When viewing eternity in the light of Lord's Day 1, you are no longer living for this life, but you are bringing the next life into this life. I'll repeat that. You are no longer living for this life, but you are bringing the next life into this life. Before, we did not like to worship God. The Spirit so changes our hearts that we love to worship. We begin to love what we have to do and do what we love. The law is written on our hearts through the Spirit, so we love to do the things of God. We love serving. We love studying and praying. We love giving. Through these acts, the Spirit is also assuring us that we belong to Christ, body and soul. The Christian life is a pleasure and a joy. The service to him is not a burden. If your Christian life is all about, I have to do this, I have to do that, without a growing desire and zeal to do those things, then I encourage you to pray for the assurance of the Spirit, to ask Him to work that love, zeal and joy in you. The Spirit is the one that makes you heartily willing and ready to live for Him. In the Spirit you begin eternity, and you begin to love serving your Father, because, child of God, you have the world's best owner. Through Jesus, he has bought you, preserved you and he also assures you, what more do you want? Will this year be a joy and a delight or will it be filled with despair and dismay? Are you living like you are going to live forever or living like you only have 80 years? When trials do come, do you see them as opportunities to grow or something just to get through? And when death comes knocking... What is your only comfort in life and death? In Christ you can stand up this week and face reality. You don't need to escape because he is your escape. Come to Jesus and the God of all comfort will be yours forever. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He will be your comfort. The Lord is near. Amen.